Morning. Good morning, everybody. It is a Wednesday, February 24th, 2021. I am Dan Benjamin. You can find me right here every morning doing the show for you, or you can find me on Twitter at Dan Benjamin or Instagram at Dan Benjamin or YouTube at Dan Benjamin or whatever you want to do. Things are finally starting to feel a little bit more normal here in Austin, Texas. I'm not going to keep talking about all that event and the snow and everything else. Because we've got other stuff that's more important to talk about. Hey, Jackals, welcome to the Benjamin Nation. Of course, you can support the show first by subscribing right here and click the little bell so that you know when I go on the air for you. People have told me that YouTube is a couple minutes delayed or something and you missed the beginning. I don't know what to tell you about that other than I try to kind of stall a little while when I'm doing the show and give you a couple minutes to get in here. Uh, but I appreciate those of you who have told me that. I'll try and fix YouTube a little later. Uh, you can also go to Patreon. Very few of you support the show on Patreon. Almost none of you support the show on Patreon. That's all right. You're liking and subscribing the videos. So that's something. But if you want to, you know, buy me a, a beverage once in a while like that, you can go to patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin and uh, give me, you know, give me a few bucks. Help keep the show afloat. Help it so help me so I can pay rent and uh, and all of that good stuff. So nothing, that's idiot. all I've got to say about that. But we do have a bunch of news for you. Oh, yes. Yeah, people have asked me, do we have water? We have water. And yesterday, yesterday they lifted the boil water notice at long last. So I can actually brush my teeth with the water coming out of the tap or wash my face without worrying about some kind of heinous bacteria uh, and all of that stuff. Oh, it so, looks good on you, though. Yes, thank you. We're, uh, we're here and we're back. So good afternoon to Nelson in the chat room. Oh, thanks. I, I don't, I, I look better. <laughs> I look better. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, I'm glad to hear that because that's, that's all that matters at the end of the day. That is why I won't do two shows a night anymore, babe. I won't. I won't do all right, let's dive in and do some news. So dozens of House Democrats want Biden to give up sole authority to launch a nuclear, <laughs> to launch nuclear weapons. Um, yeah, this one. This is our concern, dude. <laughs> exactly. Um, three dozen House Democrats have signed a letter asking, not demanding, asking, okay, President Biden to renounce, <laughs> renounce his sole authority to launch nuclear weapons. This is a promise from the president to give up his nuclear capabilities as commander in chief could take the same power away from future presidents. And here's the, uh, quote, and this quote is from, uh, let's see, uh, Jimmy Panetta, Democrat in uh, California, Vesting one person with this authority entails real risks. Past presidents have threatened to attack other countries with nuclear weapons or exhibited behavior that caused other officials to express concern about the president's judgment. So does this come because they don't think that Biden himself is qualified or capable? It doesn't seem like that. What it really seems like is uh, that they don't want that power to reside with just one person anymore. This wouldn't necessarily alleviate the need for the football. You know what the football is? You've got the one Secret Service agent who walks around carrying the briefcase. Inside of the briefcase is a device that allows you to launch the nukes and all of that stuff. So, uh, oh, well, there, Jump Nelson says, yesterday I looked very tired. <laughs> um, I'm much more tired today. <laughs> okay, moving on. Romney, Romney has come out and S Senator Romney has said that uh, Trump is going to win the 2024 GOP nomination should he decide to run. Uh, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? 
Uh, it says that uh, he says Trump has, quote, by far the largest voice and a big impact in my party. Talking about the Republican Party. I expect he will continue playing a role. I don't know if he'll run in 2024 or not, but if he does, I'm pretty sure he will win the nomination. I look at the polls, Romney said, and the polls show that among the names being floated as potential contenders in 2024, if you put President Trump in there among Republicans, he wins in a landslide. That's interesting to me. And I question whether he will run. But secondly, really? They think that he would be the first pick? I guess there are still a lot of people who like him. And I guess what that says to me more about than it says something about Trump, it says more about the fact that everybody else kind of sucks. Do you do you get that too? Okay. Oh, it is time, my friends, to talk Excuse about COVID. Me. I'm in need of medical attention. There's this brand new vaccination. It's out from Johnson & Johnson. It's their COVID-19 vaccine. They say the FDA says that it meets requirements for emergency use authorization, which basically means they can start giving it to people. And here's the quotes. In an analysis released Wednesday, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration said the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine has met the requirements for emergency use Authorization, the efficacy of the Johnson Johnson vaccine against moderate to severe and critical COVID-19 across all geographic areas was 66.9 at least 14 days after the single dose vaccination and 66.1 percent and at least 28 days after vaccination. There were no specific safety concerns identified in subgroup analysis by age, race, ethnicity, medical comorbidity, comorbidities or prior SARS-CoV-2 infection, the analysis said. So maybe this one's pretty good. The thing that I don't understand is it seems like most of the vaccines that we have now are these RNA vaccines where they're supposed to like teach your genes how to fight off the virus as opposed to what my limited understanding is of a traditional vaccine where they're injecting either dead or deactivated virus into your body. Your body sees it, doesn't realize that it's dead, and builds antibodies to it. That's my understanding, limited understanding. And, and fact check me and tell me if I'm if I'm wrong. But that's my understanding of the way that it works. Pretty interesting. But this is something different. The way these vaccines work, apparently they somehow teach your RNA stuff. And that makes some people uh, nervous because what is it doing to your DNA? Well, it's not a apparently doing anything to your DNA. It's the RNA. But what is it doing to your RNA? And what are the effects of that? And I don't I don't know why people are worried about it, but I would like to know. I'd like to understand more about that. Oh, we have some bad news, more bad news for uh, COVID-19 Medic! sufferers. And uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, almost a quarter of patients experience hair loss in the six months after infection. This is a study done in China. Chinese researchers are revealing that this is a primary long-term symptom. It affected 359 out of 1,655 Wuhan patients six months after leaving the hospital. They say that the hair loss could be due from stress. It could be from the illness itself. It could be linked to other conditions that maybe COVID creates or causes or advances like alopecia. They don't really know. Um, they say that uh, hair, hair loss is a normal physiological response to a stressful event like an infectious illness and is only temporary, but COVID could be linked to conditions like alopecia, like I mentioned, which could be irreversible. Uh, oh, and we have another new coronavirus variant spotted in California that is uh, 
as this article says, uh, raising alarm. Mm. Basically, scientists are concerned that this identity, this new, uh, ident newly identified, uh, va uh, why can't I talk today? Uh, newly identified strain, a variant is called B.1.427 slash B.1.429. And they're saying it might not only be more contagious, like the B117 variant the year I've already told you about, but it this could actually, this is what they were afraid of, could cause a more severe disease. So it, um, over, not good. They don't go into much detail about it. They just say it's one of the first mutations that has a different pattern and it might make it more efficient at docking to cells, which increase, increases the affectionness but it also seems to be a more severe disease, increased risk of high oxygen requirement. So that's not good. Uh, in fact, that's not good at all. And maybe the vaccines protect against it. Maybe having COVID in the past protects against it, or maybe not. They don't know. Uh, so here's some interesting news. This one is being reported uh, by NPR by uh, someone named Dan Charles, new evidence shows that fertile soil is gone from Midwestern farms. It's gone. Farming has destroyed a lot of the rich soil in America's Midwestern prairie. A team of scientists just came up with a staggering new estimate for just how much has disappeared. The most fertile topsoil is entirely gone from a third of all of the land devoted to growing crops across the upper Midwest. Some of their colleagues remain skeptical about the methods that produced this result. They talk about things called the A horizon, which is the dark colored soil on the top, which is where the crops are like in. They say it's black, organic, rich soil. It's really good for growing crops. This is Evan Thaler, a PhD That's student name, at the dude. University of Massachusetts. Um, they say this is where all the decaying plant roots, all the microorganisms are. And they say that plowing releases the trapped carbon and the topsoil was also lost to wind. And then there was water erosion as well. So now it's a much lighter color. And that indicates that the important A horizon topsoil is gone and uh, that's bad. They have no suggestions as to how to get it back or anything like that. Uh, one note about what happened in Texas. Um, a lot of Texas is deregulated. So what that means is that the the power grid or the power, the, the companies that you pay to get your power, uh, it's there isn't a regulation. It's not regulated. It's not a flat rate. Here in Austin, we have a flat rate. So if you're hearing these crazy stories and like this one that I have in the show notes, um, which talks about how much electric bills were for some people and what they went up to as a result of this insane stuff that happened with the snow and the power and the water, uh, that because they're deregulated, their power companies can charge them more. So because this is uh, one of these ridiculous articles that doesn't just give you facts, gives you opinions masquerading as facts, I will read it in the news style uh, because that's the only way I can get through an article like this. Katrina Tanner typically pays around $120 a month for her electric bill during the winter, but last week, as a winter storm caused power outages for millions of fellow Texans, her power stayed on. And she saw online that her bill was $6,225. Dan Benjamin, Channel 9 News. You can read that yourself. Can't get through any more of it. Hate the writing. Uh, okay. Remember the, uh, the, the uh, engine that exploded on the side of the plane in Denver? Well, what they're saying is that there was a little piece of the engine, a little tiny blade. If you've ever looked at a, a jet engine, a turbine, it has 
many, many, many little blades inside of it. And those blades spin around really fast inside that uh, cylinder. And that's what's generating the thrust. One of those little blades apparently snapped off mid-flight by base, basically because of what they're saying is wear and tear. And it hit, of course, hit the engine, caused the engine to explode. Now, most of you know that the reason that they have two jet engines on an airplane, it's not because they're required. It's, well, they're required in a sense uh, for redundancy. You only need one engine to fly a plane. And you'd say, wait a minute, it's on the one wing. How is that enough? It doesn't matter. When it comes to flying an airplane, you can put that engine almost anywhere on the plane. It'll still fly. So the fact that it's just on one wing and, and maybe you have no jet engine on the other wing doesn't matter. They're actually for redundancy. It's safer to fly with both. They do use both when you're flying, but a plane can fly and land just fine with just one engine. And in fact, in some cases with no engines, you can land the plane. You can glide it down safely if you're close enough and you know what you're doing. So investigators believe a damaged fan blade broke off. It chipped off part of a second one. And uh, they say this is damage consistent with metal fatigue. So Boeing is in trouble, though, because uh, all of their 777s are being grounded so that they can check for this. And that's a normal response. You see that all the time. Um, oh, we got to talk about Tiger Woods. You heard about Tiger Woods, right? Um, <laughs> hey, Chase. Chase. Chase Reeves is in the audience today, friends. Chase Reeves is a, is a friend of mine I've known for a number of years, and he recently came to Austin, Texas, uh, just in time to miss all of the snowpocalypse stuff. And uh, he's here. He lives in a different part of town. Uh, so uh, he could, he Chase, you're welcome to come and hang in the studio anytime you want. Uh, anytime you want. So uh, I'm trying to keep up with your with your quotes here. I have too many mice. Too many mice. Okay. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, so Tiger Woods, I got to tell you about Tiger Woods recovering from lengthy surgery to repair significant damage to his leg. He was in a car accident. It was a single car accident. Basically he crossed over a median and flipped his vehicle a number of times, totaled the vehicle, really hurt his leg. Apparently there were multiple fractures of the same bone in his leg, which is really bad. And they protruded through the skin kind of thing. Uh, and so they had to put a rod in through the bones to basically put his leg back together. And there was a lot of trauma to the, to the muscles and other things. Basically, here's the, here's the quote, which doesn't really sound great. Um, open fractures affecting both the upper and lower portions of the tibia and fibular bones were stabilized by inserting a rod into the tibia. Um, this is a, uh, Mahajan the chief medical officer and interim CEO at Harbor UCLA. That's your name. Um, additional injuries to the bones of the foot and ankle were stabilized with a combination of screws and pins. Trauma to the muscle and soft tissue of the leg required surgical release of the covering of the muscles to relieve pressure due to swelling. Yeah, I don't know what, um, you know, what that really means, except that his leg is not good. So he's going to have a long recovery from that is what they're saying. Uh, oh, you have you heard about uh, have you heard about fries? Do you have a fries or did you have a fries store? Fries were great. They were like a take a Best Buy 
and make it even better for geeks and nerds, that's what Fry's was. They had all kinds of really cool, weird stuff. They had all kinds of computer components. They had a, you could build your whole PC just buying parts from them. They had all kinds of really cool packaging and Pelican cases and all kinds of just great nerd stuff to geek out on in there. Well, apparently they're suddenly out of business. I went to a Fry's a couple months ago to see if they had something and they had nothing. And they were acting like this was temporary and they were gonna start reopening and COVID, but it turns out, nope. They had 31 stores across nine US states and they said in a statement on their website that they made the difficult decision to shut down their operations and close their business permanently. I hate to do this to you guys, but bye-bye Fry's. Uh, they said it the changing habits of consumers during uh, COVID-19 and even before that, they said they had no choice but to shut down completely. And, you know, it sucks because Fry's was such a fun, cool place, um, but they're gone now. Meanwhile, Best Buy just reported its best quarter in 25 years as homebound company consumers were buying laptops and other things to work from home. Best Buy kicking butt, Fry's couldn't do it and went away. Now, my friend James Duncan Davidson on Twitter subtweeted something about this yesterday, confusing his entire uh, audience because it wasn't clear what he was talking about. So I asked him and then he clarified it. And then I realized it was genius insight on his part. Basically, Gmail has revealed what uh, Boy Genius Report, remember that? Now we just call it BGR, is calling a terrifying amount of data that Gmail is collecting on your iPhone. And he was tweeting about this because now... He had ordered something from Amazon, and instead of having all the order information in the email, it had a link that you could click that would take you to Amazon uh, that would show you details about your order. And he's like, oh, Amazon knows what's going on here. Well, they're doing that to protect your privacy because Gmail is collecting data about what you've purchased, and they're using it. Of course they're using it. What a surprise. I am so surprised. I am Jack's total lack of surprise. Apple's new iOS privacy feature sent shockwaves through the advertising industry last fall when they started rolling out. Apple will not stop advertisers from tracking users across the web and services, but it now forces developers to indicate all the personal data an app can collect and the purposes for said data collection. That leads us up to this big report. Google coming out so much information. Listen to this. It says their labels indicate that the apps will collect the user data, um, third-party advertising, they'll use it for that, analytics, product personalization, app functionality, and the most annoying one, other purposes. What does other purposes mean? What is other purposes? Other data types. They say that the apps can collect even more information than they're ready to disclose. So here's a little screenshot of that. Look at that. You got purchases, location, contact info, contacts, user content, search history, identifiers, usage data, diagnostics, and other data. Keep in mind, my friends, all of you out there in Benjamin Nation, you must remember you are the product. You are what Google wants to get information about. That's why everything that they give you is free because they're getting your information and they're using it and they're selling it. Never forget that. So if you're on Gmail, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> They're parsing that. Now they might not, they might say that they're not parsing it directly to you, but do you believe that? Do you believe that? Look at all this data that they have linked to you here. Location identifiers, usage data, all of this stuff. And YouTube app too. They're getting all of it. So when you launch that YouTube app, they know where you are. They're paying attention to where you are. What are they doing with that data? Who knew? Who knows? No one knows. Just keep it in mind. Use those services and those apps. 
Bitcoin is sliding. Now, I'm not going to do the toilet flush for Bitcoin. We know better than that. But it has tumbled below $50,000. Uh, it continued doing this on Tuesday, tumbling as low as $45,000. And then um, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen uh, said it is extremely inefficient and warned about its use as an illicit activity. This is after it hit a trillion in market value for the first time last week. It's now worth less than $900 billion, which doesn't sound like a huge drop, but that's a huge drop. That's a huge drop, friends. So be careful with your Bitcoin stuff. Facebook is restoring news sharing in Australia after the government amend a proposed law. Um, they said that uh, they reached an agreement with the company, country's government and uh, they made a drastic move of restricting news content in Australia after dispute over proposed media bargaining code was expected to be voted into law. Now, you know, Australia is pretty, pretty on top of this kind of thing. And I look at them as a model most of the time for a good way to do things. They seem to have their stuff together. Uh, oh, did you see the Mars landing? You heard about that? Well, uh, there is a video now if you want to go hear some still pictures from it. I'm not going to be able to show you the full video here because they'll get angry and make me take the whole video down. I don't want to do that. But look at this. If I were to click this, what if I just click it and show you just a couple seconds of the video? Pretty so cool, are, isn't uh, it? Down and okay, it that's loud. Um, this is like the touchdown of, okay, can't show you anymore. Sorry. Uh, but go watch that. It's a really cool video of like, we put something on another planet and I still can't ever get over how cool that is. Uh, Spotify, everyone's asking me what I think about Spotify. Um, you know, I don't know. War were declared. Uh, they're going to be doing some lossless streaming. They're going to be doing interactive podcasts and they're plotting <laughs> for world domination, I guess. You know, is if you're watching this on video, is this a podcast? Is it a TV show? Is it a YouTube show? Is it a video law? What is this? I would not, I would, if you're just listening now, then I would say it's a podcast. You're hearing a podcast. But if you're watching me on YouTube right now, is this a podcast? I've been podcasting since 2006. I've been podcasting longer than anybody I know except Adam Curry. I would say if you're watching this on video, it's not a podcast. And if I didn't have an audio component to this, I definitely wouldn't call it a podcast. But I know a lot of people that call their Instagram videos podcasts. Podcasts has now just come to mean I speak or move or talk or do something that you can see or watch or listen to, and it's distributed over the internet. That's just what a podcast is now. The same way that a blog was used that way for a long time. This is definitely not a blog. But do we need interactive podcasts? Is that how people want to listen? I'm going to say no, or at least that's not what I want. You guys are interacting with me here, right here in the chat room. Um, so that's interactive in a sense, but then I just said this wasn't a podcast. So what do you think? Is it a podcast? I don't know. Spotify, who I like, is trying anything and everything. They are literally throwing everything that they can think of against a wall to see what sticks. They tried getting exclusive content with people like uh, Joe Rogan. That did not work for them. They have Joe Rogan. They have him under contract. They have his content there. But there has not been any effect, according to the numbers that I've been seeing. Please fact check me. Uh, but there has been no change whatsoever 
in how many people have signed up for Spotify. In other words, there was no Howard Stern effect. And the Howard Stern effect I'm talking about is when Howard decided to leave terrestrial radio and go on to Sirius XM radio. They had a ton of people sign up for it because they loved Howard Stern. It's obvious Spotify was trying to make the same thing happen by bringing in Joe Rogan, but it hasn't. It hasn't happened. In fact, I know a lot of people who have said, I used to watch or listen to Joe Rogan every day, and now I just don't listen to him because I don't want to pay for Spotify. Now, I already pay for Spotify, um, so zero effect, right? I can listen to Joe Rogan there or not, but it didn't bring people. So the investment that Spotify is making in exclusive content is not paying off. And guess what, guys? It's never going to pay off. Spotify, give me a call. I know how to fix this. And I've said this before. I said it on Twitter yesterday. I know exactly what you need to do because what you're not doing, Spotify, what you're not doing is helping the podcasting industry. You're not. You're trying to change it. You're trying to make it into what you want, which is revenue but you're not doing anything for podcasters or their audience, adding interactivity and lossless audio, this is not going to help. But I know how you can help. So give me a call. I'm at Dan Benjamin, pretty much anywhere. Oh, that's the wrong one. That's the wrong one. At Dan Benjamin, Spotify, you know how to find me. You know how to find me. All right, hold on. Let me go. You guys are saying a lot here in the, uh, in the comments. And by the way, while I read the comments, can't I show the comments? Can't I do that? Why does this thing say this? If I hit this, no. <laughs> nope. Where is it? There it is. Uh, so, Fries in the 90s was the best. Yes, Andy, you're right. Uh, Brian says, Fries was like going into a temporary Halloween store in March. Yeah. Um, uh, Andy says, hey, Dan, whatever happened to the whole Fireside Saga thing? Uh, it is still going on. I can't talk about it. That's what's going on. But, um, yes, it's... It's, things are happening and I don't know what's going to happen yet, but it's still ongoing. So the original Fireside, which is at fireside.fm, the podcast hosting and analytics company that I created and, uh, and have had a lot of help with to make great is very much there. And you can go to fireside.fm if you'd like to distribute your show everywhere and use the best possible platform. Uh, just go ahead and Sign up for the real Fireside at fireside.fm. Or you know what? You can even go to fireside.net. It'll just redirect you. But uh, yeah, you can do that. You can do that. Let's see. You're talking about vlogs, podcasts. Um, yeah. So uh, Chris says, why not a video app that lets you pay to play, but a smaller impulse fee? Uh, yeah, I think that would be pretty cool. Uh, so that's all I have to say about Spotify for today. Uh, yeah, there's two articles to that. Oh, and where can you go get these links if you want to read it? The newsletter's coming this week. I'm very excited. Just tweaking some things, trying a different few different platforms out as far as which one is going to be best for it. But you'll be able to go and uh, sign up for the newsletter. It's going to be very cool. You'll get all these news and links and other things sent to your inbox automatically. So if you miss a show or you just want to follow what's going on without having a listener watch, you'll be able to do that. It'll have extra stuff in there. And this is going to be for the patrons, of course, because uh, maybe I'll make it for everyone. Uh, maybe I'll do another one for that. I don't know. Also, did did you hear about Disaster Proof? Disasterproof.tv? Did, did I tell you about that? Disasterproof.tv. Uh, go there. That's a new project that I'm starting. Okay, so uh, here's a rumor coming out. There's a little mock-up of it. There, Apple is uh, planned, uh, planning to release two new Mac. This is a rumor. Planning to release two 
MacBook Pro models, which will have an HDMI port and an SD card reader in the second half of 2021. Really? That I am very glad that I uh, am waiting and that I didn't get the first. Uh, that's not the one I wanted to do. Uh, that one works. That's what I wanted. Uh, I need this this SD card reader. We all need those, but an HDMI port built right in? Why not? Come on. How awesome would that be? So I'm glad that I didn't get that first M1 uh, Mac. This is going to be so much better. Uh, okay, here's something else that, you know, I, I like to talk about the UFOs. And uh, there is an interesting report that's coming in. And yes, it's on Daily Mail, I know. But uh, an American Airlines flight 2292 passed over a remote stretch of northeast New Mexico, west of Des Moines, and route to Phoenix. They were traveling at 460 miles per hour. They were at 36,000 feet. And uh, Steve Douglas said he intercepted a radio transmission from the flight in which the pilot can be heard reporting the encounter to air traffic control. The pilot said the object that he saw was a long cylindrical object that almost looked like a cruise missile. It passed over the top of the plane at very high speeds. They then just landed safely in Phoenix with no further issues or incidents. The state of New Mexico, apparently that's the place to go if you want to see UFOs. Um of course, that's where Roswell happened back in 1947. So Steve Douglas runs the Deep Black Horizon blog. Now, how is he monitoring what is going on? Does he have his own little radio? Is he listening to it? I think um, United allows you to listen to all of that air traffic stuff by uh, in, in your armrest. You can plug in your uh your headphones to that i don't think american lets you do that so i'm very curious how he heard it but um i can play the clip you want to hear the clip Let's are you the... ready to begin oh your good new... i like the ads we need the ads first <sighs> thanks so much for the ads there now i can skip it here we just had something go right over the top of us that I hate to say this looked like a long cylindrical object. It almost looked like a cruise missile type of thing moving really fast that went right over the top of us. Have any targets up here? We just had something go right over the top of us. That I hate to say this looked like a long cylindrical object. Okay. So, interesting, right? I mean, it's interesting to me. <laughs> um, this is really cool. Check this out. Wednesday Adams is getting her own live action Netflix series directed by Tim Burton. Come on. How cool is this going to be? I love Wednesday Adams. I love Tim Burton and I love Netflix because they're doing this. How cool is it? It's, it's, uh, but obviously this is a picture of Wednesday Adams from the, uh, Adams movie. Uh, but it's not going to be her. That's not going to be, uh, Christina Ricci, that actress. It's going to be something, someone else. But uh, it's going to be titled Wednesday, and it will follow the beloved Adams Family character, Spooky Coming of Age. There are eight episodes ordered up by Netflix. They're describing it as a sleuthing, supernaturally infused mystery, charting Wednesday Adams' years as a student at Nevermore Academy. Uh, that sounds amazing. Wednesday's attempts to master her emerging psychic ability thwart a monstrous killing spree that has terrorized the local town and solved the supernatural mystery that embroiled her parents 25 years ago, all while navigating her new and very tangled relationships. So this is uh, Alfred Go, 
G-O-U-G-H, Go and Miles Millar from Smallville are writing and show running. I think this is going to be so awesome. So awesome. Uh, Christina Ricci is Wednesday Adams for me, though. I will say that. Uh, okay. Got a couple more quick articles. PS5s, they were released to Amazon. You could buy them for 30 or 40 seconds and then poof, gone. GameStop, Target, uh, PS Direct, and Amazon all had them. They were all there for several seconds and then the bots got them and the scalpers got them and now they're gone. Oh, check out this amazing watch. You know, I'm a watch nerd. I'm wearing my uh, GhostNet, uh, anti-GhostNet watch today. Look at this gorgeous Breitling watch. Wow. Dewey Machina designed this for, for them. Look how cool this thing is. I love this. This reminds me a little bit of the Hamilton that I have um, with the two dials, the Panda style. But look at this. Look how cool this thing. Oh, my God. I'm totally was geeking out. And look at this on the back with the motorcycle. Oh, come on. This thing is amazing. Amazing. I want this thing. Get this thing for me, somebody, uh, because it's too expensive for me. It's 4,990 bucks and are only making 1,500 of these things. Um, they're going to be produced. And for the first month, it will be an online only exclusive. You can go and buy via Breitling Direct and get a limited edition Dew, D-E-U-S coffee, table book, and a tote bag. I want this thing can't afford it konami and nbc have a <laughs> a <fr> it's <laughs> just so strange a frogger game show that will make contestants leap through treacherous traffic so here's a screenshot of frogger the game but how are they going to be doing this this is a game from 1981 they say that the show is being produced by Peacock, NBC's streaming platform. It'll have 13 episodes in total, with each running an hour long. Contestants will power through 12 massive obstacle courses modeled after various levels of the retro title. Staying faithful to the original gameplay, contestants will be dodging treacherous traffic and leaping over snapping gators and hungry hippos. What? This is real, though. This is real. Yeah, Brian, I do need a, a, a watch segment jingle. I need I need segment jingles for all of this stuff, but I, I don't know how to make that stuff. So um, Andy says he's wearing his Casio World Time green olive today. Uh, so that's very cool. So anyway, yeah, they're going to be a Frogger game. And so the last thing I have for you today is a uh, a quote. I like to have these quotes in here sometimes. And this one is from... Uh, from Ernest Hemingway. And let me see, there's a whole bunch of quotes here, but I'm looking for the exact one that uh, I wanted to read to you. And <laughs> it's now it's not on the page anymore. I guess is they like show them randomly. Uh, okay, well, that, that sucks, but I'll read you a different one instead. Um, he says, uh, None of these are the ones that I wanted to read to you. I'm not even going to, you know, I'm not even going to read them now. I'm not even going to do it now. Uh, except this one. I'll read this one. Retirement is the ugliest word in the language. That's not the one I wanted to read, but I guess they change it. And every time you load the page, it's a random one. So that's it. Uh, that sucks. And that's all I've got for you today. So come on back tomorrow. Same time, same station. You can follow me right here on YouTube. Don't forget to like and subscribe and ring the bell. Uh, that's very important to do. It tells YouTube that you're here. 
It helps uh, grow the audience. And please tell your friends about the show. And if you are a podcast subscriber, I'm pointing at the machine that records the audio here. You just can't see it on the screen. Uh, if, if you listen to this in the podcast form, rate it on iTunes That's uh, or Apple Podcasts, sorry. Uh, that is really the best way to help new listeners find out about the show. I'm relying on you guys out there, the Jackals and Benjamin Nation, to help me get the word out about this show. Uh, it's growing, but it's growing really slow, and that's because you guys, it's on you. The burden falls on your shoulders to help me spread the word, and uh, be sure to support the show, patreon.com slash Benjamin. Give me a buck a month, five bucks a month, whatever you feel that the, you know, Five hours a week of entertainment that I provide is worth to you. Uh, so that's it. That's all I've got for you. Have a really good one, and I'll be back here tomorrow.